A reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the ninth verse. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I believe I forgot two verses, but y'all can knock those out when you get home, right? (laughs) Time's running tight on the old boy. (laughs) Now, I want to make sure you heard something. Did you hear that Mark said that Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days? Did you hear that? Did you hear that Mark says that he was tempted by Satan? Good. Now, I once wondered if I could find a list of the top temptations that we human beings face. So I decided to Google it. Now, I realize that's a dangerous thing in today's world, but I was hoping to find some top ten list that would help me out. So I Googled the word temptations. I was expecting the quick return of all those hundreds of temptations of the type that the book of James describes this way, and I hope you'll hear this. When tempted, no one should say they are tempted by God, but rather each person when by, is tempted by his own evil desire and dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers, James says. So I was expecting a top ten list of temptations like that. Things that James warns us will lure us all into death. But the first search was not The first result was not a list of humanity's most nefarious activities. Instead, I was greeted by images of men in well-tailored tuxedos, posed as if they were about to break into a song, and all of the dance steps that went with the song. And above them was a blue header that said, The Temptations. Now, y'all, y'all have heard some of their music. You've heard My Girl, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, I Can't Get Next to You. It seems like Ain't Too Proud to Beg and I Can't Next to You should have been on the same record. But the name Temptations was given to them by a record company executive. And I suspect he must have taken one look at them in those sharp tuxedos, seeing their silky dance moves, heard their amazing voices, and thought that that title, that name was fitting. You get that? It's not obvious when you think about it. You look, you say, oh, it's the temptations. They're on soul train tonight or whatever. But think about what's being presented to you. Apparently the record company knew what they were doing. 
Then there was a return for a website called temptationstreats.com. And that sounded like something I was afraid to click on. (laughs) But it turned out that it's a website for the Temptations Cat Treats. (laughs) I don't know what y'all were thinking about, but Google was thinking about cat treats. And isn't it odd that a music group and a bag of cat treats would be named after a device that the accuser, the enemy of our souls, used to attempt to corrupt the Son of God. Let that sink in for a minute. Jesus was tempted. And likewise... Those same devices are the things that the devil would use to corrupt our spirit. To destroy the image of God in us. And at that time, the uh, marketers, their trademark slogan for temptations, cat treats was, get this, listen. All it takes is a shake. Now, that's a pretty good analogy how Satan uses our broken desires against us, our pet sins to keep us feeling downtrodden, desperate, and undeserving of the love of God. Do you see that in your life sometimes? Do you find yourself in these moments where you look at yourself and you think, how could God love me? That's the state that Satan would keep us in. And God help us, it really does seem that all it takes sometimes is just a shake and we come running. I was telling somebody one time those movies that Samantha likes to watch as people shoot people and stuff. And I'll sit there and feeling bad about it. And then there'll be this thing where some woman semi nude in it and I want to cover my eyes and do that. (laughs) Shake. Do you see it? This kind of gentle shaking of a treat bag in front of us. And you know, Mark doesn't record them, but Matthew and Luke both tell us what it was that Jesus was tempted with, that the tempter used in Jesus' face in an effort to get this newly revealed Son of God to come running to Him, to abandon the path that God the Father had laid out for Him, and instead to worship Him in the way that a cat would rub itself against your leg if you shook that treat bag. Mark says right after Jesus was baptized by John, right after he came up out of the water, right after he saw heaven open, right after the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, right after he heard a voice from heaven say, you are my son whom I love with you, I'm well pleased. Right after all of that, immediately after, the Holy Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness, threw him into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And you might say, why? Well, figuratively, the wilderness is on the way to the cross, dear ones. You may recall that as the children of Israel were led out of Egypt by Moses, they crossed the Red Sea and were immediately beset by temptations to create new idols, to create false gods that they could see and touch. They were tempted to turn back to slavery, to go back to Egypt so that they could have some herbs and some pots of meat. 
And later, as they came to the promised land for the first time and they saw the Canaanites and how strong they were, they were tempted to believe that they had to accomplish God's will out of their own strength. And all of these things were shaken before them like a bag of treats, such that it turned their attentions and their hearts away from the true living God who had led them out of slavery. And like them, we wander through a wilderness where both the present and the future seem uncertain. Is that fair? Anybody feel like we're about to roll off the side of a cliff and other than me? Both the future and the present seem uncertain. And the, temper will, the tempter will meet us in those times to convince us that God could not possibly love people like us that we may as well give in and do whatever our sin-sick hearts desire. And those wilderness times of calamity and uncertainty are when, our, when the enemy of our souls comes to us with these distractions. The human-sized cat treats designed to fool our hearts into thinking that they are harmless, that they will just make us happy and fulfilled. He shakes a bag containing power and wealth, sex, fame, possessions, ease of life, blessings, we call them. All the while whispering that if our hearts desire them, well, then they must be good. Can't we trust our hearts? Aren't you given that? Advice on Facebook weekly, trust your heart. All too often we come running as we try to convince ourselves if God didn't want us to have these things, then they wouldn't exist. And in the background, our brother James continues to scream out, be careful, it will kill you. Remember, he said, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death, to separation from God. Don't be deceived. So why was Jesus tempted? Right after being baptized, just before his public ministry began, why was the Son of God subjected to this temptation by Satan? Because he is also the son of man. Because he's one of us. He's 100% God and 100% human. He's driven, thrown into the desert to be tempted in order that he might be faithful as one of us. To be faithful to God in our place. To do what we could not do, which is to stay committed to the plan and purpose of God in the world. And so Jesus faces Satan's bag of treats. Satan's efforts to lure him into abandoning the Father's will for his life, just as we are regularly tempted to do. Oh, they don't tell you that unless you give up your faith, we will kill you. But this world definitely holds the possibility of canceling you out to you, doesn't it? 
the one whom John said is the word, who was in the beginning, who was in the beginning with God and was God, that one became flesh, took on our form and nature, and is now driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, to walk a mile in our shoes, if you'll allow a saying. To know what it is to be you and walk in the uncertainty of not knowing what now or the future holds. Or is it said in the idiom in Mark's gospel for 40 days? As long as it took, he was tempted just as we are to identify with our plight. Jesus walked in the same wilderness in the seemingly abandoned places that we often find ourselves in. Places where God may seem far away and disinterested and the voice of the tempter may be front and center. There in the wilderness of this fallen and broken world, Jesus was tempted to love and desire the wrong things, to have good things by the wrong means, to lust after power and wealth, and to worship the father of lies rather than trusting the way of the living God. Sound familiar? It's the same things that the tempter comes to you with. So the epistle to the Hebrews tells us, since we have flesh and blood, he shared in our humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. He had to be made like his brothers in every way. And listen to this, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted, which is us. Listen, if you're not being tempted, maybe the devil's already got you. And the book of Hebrews goes on to say that he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So he is truly able to help us. And we can come to his throne with the grace of confidence of knowing that he will receive us. Listen to what he says. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us, therefore, approach the throne of grace with confidence, not fear, with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find help, find grace to help us in our time of need. Coming to us. In Jesus of Nazareth, the eternal second person of the Holy Trinity comes all the way down to where our weaknesses meet the temptations of the devil. All the way down to those things that the devil would use to snare us into eternal death and keep us away from the throne of grace. But Jesus remembers the purpose of God and avoids the snare of the devil through faithfulness to the Father. Though he was tempted in every way as we are, he remained faithful and was without sin. He remained a lamb without blemish so that he could shed his own blood for us. The Christ, the risen Lord, the one who will judge the living and the dead, the one who will judge me and you, knows what it is to be tempted in every way that we are tempted. He knows what it's like to be us. Is that not good news to you? 
It is to me. He knows what it is to feel weak and to be threatened with this tyranny of our own desires. So if you've ever faced temptation, I hope you will remember that you are not unique. We all face it. If you've heard the rattle of Satan's treat bag, if you felt lured by your own broken loves and broken desires to do or think things that you knew would only work to separate you from God and make you feel undeserving of God's grace or God's love, you are not so unique. If you have ever faced temptation and failed, you are not so unique. This room is full of people who have faced temptation and failed. Maybe you fought as hard as you could. And maybe you didn't fight at all. But you are not unique in that. But I have good news. There is one who was strong enough and yet understands our weakness. The risen Christ Jesus walked a mile in our shoes. He withstood temptation even to the point of shedding his own blood. He longs for you to come to him. Even with your broken desires, your self-loathing, your fear, your weakness, and all your failed attempts at being faithful, He desires for you to come to Him to seek mercy, not out of fear, but knowing that He loves you. The one who sits at the throne of God Almighty calls you to come. He calls you to the throne of grace, not to be beaten or condemned, not to be punished or ridiculed. He calls you to be received in grace love because he knows what it is to be you and all he holds out to you is the unmerited love of God so he calls you to come with confidence he empathizes with your weakness approach the throne of grace with confidence so that you may find help in your time of need. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I say that to you and to myself. Repent. Believe the gospel. You are dust. To dust you shall return, but you do not have to be destroyed. Repent. Believe this good news that Christ is one of us, that he faced temptation and yet was without sin. Draw near to the throne of grace and listen, you will receive help in your time of need. This, this is the gospel. There is forgiveness, life, and love for us. Amen.